Hey everyone, this is Kiss with Abuse, the podcast that talks about emotional abuse. Recently, I found a medical journal written by two professors at Case Western Reserve University. They identified four distinct categories of emotional abuse. Those categories are destruction of pets and property, sexual coercion, isolation attempts, and degradation. I've personally experienced all four of those categories. And it's interesting when I talk to new people about emotional abuse and how they experience maybe two, maybe three, maybe all four, and sometimes even only one of those categories. In this episode, I sit down and talk with Andy about her relationship with Tyler. She only experienced one of these categories, which I could imagine would make it even harder to identify that you're being emotionally abused. Something else that I love about Andy's story is that she saw physical abuse when she was a child. So she learned that physical abuse was not okay, but she didn't know about emotional abuse. So she ended up in an emotionally abusive relationship. I really think we can all learn something from Andy's story, and I hope it might help you in some way too. Andy. Hi. <laughs> um, and we are going to talk about your relationship with Tyler. Yes. Um, one of the things that made me so interested in your story was that his abuse was a lot more subtle compared to the girls that I previously interviewed. Um, and I really wanted to dive into that and kind of let uh, our listeners or anybody out there hear that, um, hear a story about a more subtle emotional abuse and that it still can be very very effective yeah yeah um but before we dive into your relationship with Tyler I would love to talk about the relationships you saw growing up as a child a lot of times the relationships we see adults have when we're children can really affect the relationships that we are that we are in as an adult even if it's subconscious so let's start with with the relationship of your parents that you saw growing up with your your mom and your stepdad yeah so that was rocky as fuck even before um my mom and my stepdad my mom and my dad um they were very physically abusive toward each other and like i would see them throwing coffee tables at each other and like screaming and um from a very young age my mom started telling me right away all these horrible things that my dad was doing to her i think because she wanted you know she wanted to put him down in her eyes or in my eyes um so you know she would tell me that like my dad would be beating her and then she'd come into my room and like cry at my crib and like to wake me up and crazy shit like that and um yeah just telling me all these stories so then when they got divorced when I was five it really got more it really got worse like because now I'm just living with my mom my stepdad so my mom's just telling me all these things that happened over and over and over and I'm only seeing my dad on the weekends and she was telling you these stories like at at age five like you remember hearing these stories pretty young yeah 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 yeah. like or yeah at least right after the divorce because you know I was so confused like you know why is this happening Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I feel like a lot of Divorced parents um, do that, try to get the ch- child on their side. But still. It was, was a lot to process. Yeah. Especially telling me this at, shit. At, at, especially at that young of an age. Like, right. Having that, yeah, happen. So, um, so yeah. So then my mom and my stepdad. Um, my stepdad was kind of like the opposite. So, you know, my dad was 
like aggressive and would get angry and would yell and that kind of thing. But then my stepdad would just kind of keep it all in and like shut down. Um, but then my mom, and this is what makes me believe that it went both ways, like back with my mom and my dad, because my mom would hit my stepdad and like oh, wow. beat on him and he would just take it yeah. um, because he like wasn't going to hit her back. Like that's not, you know, in his DNA, but all of a sudden one day, like he would just snap and he would throw a combination lock through a fish tank. Oh um, my god. So wait, was the fish tank full? It was not. Okay. So <laughs> it could have been worse, but I was still very much like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, so he would just sometimes just break shit because he couldn't hit her and he was just so like had all this pent up aggression yeah. that she's putting into him. So it was it's just super toxic. Um then it still is. Right. Yeah. Being around that and as a child and watching that happen around you. Yeah, I would, like, swear to, like, get my parents' attention. Like, they'd be cussing and, like, or not cussing, they'd be fighting. And I would, like, get in between them and I'd just be like, shit! And then I'd just run away because I'm just like, this is wrong. Like, this is wrong. And, like, I have to say something, but I don't really know quite how, but I hate this. Yeah. Um, Were were you an only child? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I was alone with this bullshit. Oh, my goodness. So that's why I found the internet and just started talking to people on the internet when I was, like, eight. Uh, That doesn't... Well, it was okay. (laughs) Okay. I went to Powerpuff Girls chat rooms. Great. Actually, no one creepy was there. Of course. That's, oh, probably, that makes sense. And it was like an earlier time. Before, yeah, the start of the internet. So before it got too... Too crazy. Yeah. Um... So yeah, I want I'm, I want, I would love to dive into this relationship with your with oh, your yeah. with your uh, mom and your stepdad Shit just like wild. a little bit more because uh, a lot of times the relationships you see growing up affects the relationships you are in totally. Um, so you said he would uh, he would break a lot of things. Did was it kind of mutual like they would both break things or? It would, my mom would, like, just be very generally destructive. She would hit herself. Um, she used to cut herself. Um, I remember when I was very little, like, guarding the knife drawer from her. I don't know how old I was, and I don't remember how many times it happened, but I have a very vivid memory of, like, oh, like, I know my mom might fucking kill herself, so I better go stand here with my big eyes and make her feel bad. That was literally, like, my train of thought. There would be days where I'd come home from school and... There would just be shit broken, so I knew that there had been a fight earlier that day. Like, one day I came home, and half of our toilet seat was gone. Like, just broken off. And I literally walked back out. It had cooled off by then. Like, they were done with it, but I wasn't done. Because yeah. I'm, like, seeing, like, what they're doing to my home. So I'm like, hi, what what happens? Like, this is insane. You can't keep doing this. Yeah. And, like, one time, like, I got this, like, cordless phone. That was, like, my little phone. I was so excited. And, like, some someone, like, went to throw it. And I was like, no! Like... Break your shit if you're going to do this. Um, I also wrote comics about my hamsters, and I would write about my parents fighting in the hamster comics. There was one comic where my hamster was watching my parents fight and listing all the things they were throwing back and forth at each other. I'm dead ass. Oh, my goodness. And then I showed it to my parents, and I was like, do you like my comic? What a way to kind of relieve that, like, what's going on in you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was like. How did, how did that make you feel, like, seeing that? What, what did that kind of... I was like, this is funny. Mm-hmm. This is a it was, this is a way for me to be like, I'm funny, but I also fucking see you. Yeah, like I'm. I know that I'm a mirror, you know, back at my parents in a way, and I know that how I say things can affect them. So I would definitely, you know, use that shit. Yeah. My mom like hit me across the face once, and like all I did was like I stood up in the hallway and I just like stared at her, and I was like, 
did that feel good? <laughs> and then she didn't again because it probably fucking didn't. Yeah, she's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, like when you get when I feel like when they get stood up to, they're like, oh shit, like I wanted you to cower. And, yeah, and you didn't. You stood up to me. Yeah, and I yeah, I still don't. <laughs> yeah, um, and then so this was kind of. Not kind of. This was the relationships you saw as a child. Yeah. Um, so how did that affect you when you started kind of looking for... When you started getting older and looking for for relationships? All my, like, adolescence, I knew, like, what was going on was so wild. And all I knew was, like, I'm not learning how to be. I'm learning how not to be. Mm-hmm. So I looked at my parents' relationships and I was like not that not for me so if anybody raised their voice at me bye if anybody touches me bye um but that was a thing I was very much looking out for outward signs of aggression um and I you know since I feared so much like what happened to my mom with my dad happening to me like getting like beaten on by some man like I was definitely like not interested in macho guys not interested in muscular men much more attracted to a man that I think maybe I could take um so it definitely affected what I looked for moving forward, for sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, I loved this. You said this one other time when we talked about this. You used this line, and I just want to repeat it because I loved oh, it yes, yes. so much. Um, you said you were used to looking for signs of aggression that you weren't trained to look for signs of manipulation. Yeah. I, I was not. <laughs> I love that. I resonate with that so much because that was that was me. Mm-hmm. That was That was, like, my abusive relationship was that I was in it I'm like okay I might feel bad but like he's not beating me and he knew better not to beat me Mm -hmm. um but it was just like I don't but I don't understand this and I don't know what's happening yeah totally I didn't understand what was happening because um yeah I wanted to be a good and dutiful girlfriend and be loving and do all this stuff and if that means like tending to this fucking grown-ass man's like every whim and want and you know he doesn't have a fucking therapist who's putting all this on me like I just thought that was what a girlfriend is supposed to do mm-hmm. albeit a 15 year old girlfriend yep yep um so yeah let's dive into this relationship you had with Tyler um you uh, he was a senior when you were a freshman yes so um me and Tyler met well no sorry so me and Tyler went to the same high school, mm-hmm. um, and my high school like started earlier than high school. So I was in eighth grade, and he was a junior when I first kind of knew of him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I was in the theater scene, he was in the theater scene. I was like, he's so cool, like he's an actor, he's sensitive, he has all these friends. Um, so then the next year, we're both on this field trip, and we just all had, end up like hanging out in the same group, and we're telling like our life stories and he just opens up all of a sudden like about his past and like just about like this person that he was in love with that died and like all this crazy shit and I'm sitting there like you know just haven't experienced much in my young life yet and I'm just like wow like this guy is so sensitive and like he's so open and sharing and I that resonated with me Mm -hmm. um so I kind of gave that energy back so after the field trip he you know reached out to me and he was like you know, you were, like, really cool, like, you seem really mature, like, we should all hang out. Oh, actually, this is weird when I think of it. So we were all supposed to hang out people on this field trip, on this one particular day we were all supposed to, like, see a movie. And then the, and we had been texting more up until this point, but then he, like, had, like, a depressive episode, and he was like, I really just can't, I'm not up for going out and, like, hanging out with people. Would you want to just come over and we could watch movies? 
And I was like, oh my God, he feels bad and I'm the one he wants to hang out with. Like, we were with a whole group of people, but he wants to watch movies with me. And I thought that was like, I mean, it, it just seemed okay at the time. Yeah. Um, no, 100%. I mean, and that's how they reel you in. Yeah. You know, it's, there's there's good in there. Or you wanted to have started the relationship. Right. And I thought it was so, like, intimate and special. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I, like, go over and we're just literally, like, lying in his bed watching movies. And then, oh, and he had identified as gay at my school, like, this whole time. So there was also that element of, like, safety because mm-hmm. it was, like, I'm, I mean, it's okay that I'm, like, snuggling with this guy because, like, he's just, like, a sweet gay boy that goes to my school, like. But you had feelings for him. You were attracted to him. I, yeah, because I've always kind of liked effeminate men. Yeah. So, yeah, I I definitely, like, had a thing. But I was, like, I thought it would always be, you know, like, I'm just a little 15-year-old. and like, I think he's cute. Like, me. Um, so I didn't really think anything of it mm-hmm. when everything started. I just kind of thought I was, you know, huh, just kind of fantasizing on my own. Yeah, kind of like the In little the celebrity crush type of thing. Yeah, I felt very, like, special. And, like, you know, I'd be texting him and other, my friends in my grade would be like, wow, I can't believe you're texting Tyler. That's so cool. Yeah. And that, and that also has some substance to it as well when yeah. it's like, when, when, especially, oh my God, when you're a freshman and he's a senior. Yeah. And like, he's and, so popular yeah, and, and like, he's in the same, like, he's in theater, I'm in theater. So like, now I'm hanging out with all the cooler theater kids that are older. Like, yeah. Oh my, uh, I know that, that was mine. I had, that was the other thing that I loved. You were the only other person that was as young as I was. Mm-hmm. Cause I was 15 and he was 18. He was a senior. Yeah. And I also have, I also have a late birthday. <laughs> and so it was actually, he, there would be times when like I was 15 and he was 19 or like I was 16 and he was 20. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, he, it was this like older guy and like, oh, I was, I was being invited to the senior parties and a senior liked me. <sighs> Um, so I get it. Yeah. Yeah, So much. And, um, but yeah, so we start hanging out more, um, and he's just opening up more and more about how, you know, he's going through all this stuff and he's gone through anorexia and he has depression and like, there's all this shit. So now I'm like, wow, like I need to be here for this person and, you know, make sure he's eating and like do all this. And, then it basically came to, like, he would just be, like, he would come over a lot, and, like, we would just, like, snuggle and hang out, because he would be, like, too sad or too tired or too whatever to do anything, and I was still, like, so excited to be with him that I didn't see that as, like, you know, a loss, like, oh, I'd rather kind of be doing this with these friends or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he eventually just started, like, sleeping over, because, like, we had, we actually both, like, had insomnia and, like, a lot of trouble sleeping, so it really helped sleeping together. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is great. And then he can fucking t- drive me to school. So now my stepdad doesn't have to take me. And my parents were just like, thought he was like my gay best friend. And they were just kind of like, that's fine. Like they didn't, they were kind of hands off, especially by the time I was 15. So literally like Tyler came in and kind of started doing some parenting in mm. the house. Like okay. he was driving me everywhere. He would cook me meals. He would like, he just kind of like had me and, like, took care of me almost. Yeah, which is so crazy. Yeah. And it, and that's the thing, and that's that's the good. That's the, like, oh, I have this this awful relationship with my parents and, like, He was, like, a and, safe haven yeah. from all the, because he was also another pair of eyes, and he was he validated all the crazy shit that my mom and my stepdad were doing. And he was like, no, this isn't normal. And, like, sometimes he'd fight with my mom. And, like, it was just, it, 
I thought it was, like, helping keep me more sane to have him in the house. Yeah. Um, so he he did move in with you, right? That's what you yeah, said? Yeah, so the summer after my freshman year, he was kind of fully moved in and, like, had a drawer and everything. Um, and you guys were sharing a room? Yeah, and we were both sleeping in my bed, and that... Oh, I had, like, a twin, too. Like, it's so <laughs> weird that anybody allowed this to happen, yeah. but I was so grateful at the time for yeah. the freedom. <laughs> oh my goodness I can only like I can only imagine I I I yeah um what were some little red flags in the beginning for you with him when you look back on it now oh, okay so he was dating one of my friends that was another thing mm-hmm. he was dating my best guy friend at the time Ugh, and their relationship was terrible and my best guy friend was also super manipulative and like Tyler would show me the text that he would send him, and I'd be like, that's fucked up. And my stepdad would be like, yeah, that's fucked up. So, like, we all kind of, like, had this opinion on it. Like, okay, well, like, this is toxic, so, like, you know, it's not good. He would try to break up with him, and then he would, like, guilt him back into it. So, Mm -hmm. also, Tyler's coming out of a toxic relationship, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, let me swoop in and give you something non-toxic, fucking alkaline as shit. Like, Mm -hmm. (sighs) so, (laughs) like, it's, like, it's weird to process all this. Like, I really don't think it is what it was until I talk about it with someone like you because everyone who grew up with me kind of like saw it from afar but it was always just so normal because it was happening at a slow pace yeah I mean and as it does and that's the thing it's like people don't talk about it so they don't process it and then once you kind of had years to kind of process it you do you look back and you're like what the fuck was I doing yeah I don't know her (laughs) yeah like yeah that's, oh my gosh, yes. Like, seeing that and being like, that's not who I am. Yeah, I would not do that. That's dumb. Yeah. yeah but but I... when, when you're in it, and that's the thing that just blows my mind about emotional abuse in general is that uh, it's so, it, it does, it like, it, it changes who you are and... And, when and your values. In, and... and then when you're in it, you don't know how to get out of it or how to yeah. explain it. Yeah. And there's people that I've, it took me forever to start talking about it because when I would talk about it to people who weren't in an emotionally abusive relationship, they didn't understand. And they were just like, well, why didn't you just leave? Or why did you do that? I'm like, and then it would just add to the shame, add to the embarrassment. Yeah. And there was this, there was this one time, like, later on in the relationship, I told Tyler, this is when things were, like, really getting bad, like, further in. But I was, I remember saying, like, I feel like I'm being snuffed out. And he was like, what do you mean? You feel like you're being snuffed out? And I was like, I don't know, but that's exactly how I feel. I don't know. Yeah. And and he just made it seem so like, what do you mean? Like, that's not even a thing. Yeah. And there was another time where I like had this breakdown. It was over the summer and I didn't, I wasn't like really, we weren't doing much because Tyler didn't want to do things and he didn't want to hang out with my friends. And I remember just crying and I was like, I just feel like I'm not doing anything. Like, I don't know what to do. Once again, I'm like, I'm young. I don't really know what I'm how to express what I'm feeling, mm-hmm. but I know that I felt isolated now. I know that I felt like I didn't have a lot of freedom as I thought I did. And I remember, like, all he said was, like, just do something. And, like, he didn't even, like, he didn't even, like, help me, even though, like, if I, if he was, like, crying over something for, like, six months and I was finally like, maybe we should move on, he flipped his shit and he was like, he was like, you're just telling me to get over it. So, like, oh, yeah, this guy. And the, and the, <laughs> And then maybe you should just do something. It's like lessening how you feel. Yeah. And then it's also 
that is, I honestly, I think that is the one, one of the one few times where he put you down in a subtle yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Where it's like, I remember that. Fuck you, you're not supposed to feel sad, do something about it. And I'm like, and I'm like, but you're the reason I don't do anything, but I didn't, I couldn't articulate that at the time. Yeah. So he, um, he, he, the, yeah, the big thing which we said was he made you feel isolated. He was, he, that was his main source of abuse was isolating you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so... And we started dating in a really weird way, too, because yeah. he moved in summer after my freshman year, and, like, we're hanging out, we're doing all this, we're doing all that, he's dating my friend, their relationship is really bad, and, like, he just starts being really affectionate toward me, like, giving me little, like, kisses on the nose, and, like, all this stuff, and, like, now he's, like, kissing me, and now, like, we're messing around, and I'm like, this is awesome, but I don't know what this is or what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I liked the attention, I thought, mm-hmm. um, because it was, like, exciting and, like, a boy and, like, someone who really seems like they're going to be emotionally available enough for me because, you know, boys my age were boys my age. Yep. <laughs> so that was just so confusing. And I remember being like, what are we, though? Like, what's going on? What is this? And he was just like, I don't know, but I love you you love me too, right? And I was like, yeah, but aren't you dating my friend? And he was like, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was fucked up. And then eventually, yeah, me and my best guy friend just ended up not ever speaking again because like he had kind of turned me against him. Yeah. And also I stole his boyfriend. Yeah. And that, I mean, turning, getting you to turn against your friends that just isolates you even more and like keeps you yeah so he would never like come out and do stuff he did like a couple times and then every time he did anything with me and my friends he'd be like they were laughing at me they were making fun of me they don't like me they're fake all this crazy shit and then and like I'd invite him out and he'd be like I don't want to hang out with them like they're just gonna do x y and z like they're just toxic like he would just always talk mad shit about my friends yeah um and so it got to a point where, like, my friends would be doing things, and I'd be like, oh, that'd be cool to go to, but, like, gotta hang out with Tyler. Yeah. Um, you know, because it'd be awkward, because what's he gonna do, like, drop me off at it and then leave? Like, then he'll yeah. just make me feel bad when I come home. So whenever I did do something, he, yeah, he would literally, like, sometimes he would take me, sometimes someone else would, but I would come home, and he'd be, like, sitting in the dark, silently, like, playing video games. And I'd be like, hey, and he'd be like, hi. And he'd be super, like... He'd just be super, like, passive-aggressive yeah. with me. And I'm like, what's wrong? And he's like, well, I don't know. I've just been alone all day. So, yeah. That's, it just, uh, I, like, I feel it in me. Because I've had, I, I know that feeling. I know that abuse. And, like, and all you do when it, when they say that to you, you feel bad. And like, you how did could not, I have done this? Wait, you I did, went to a party. You did nothing wrong. <laughs> you did nothing wrong. Yeah. It was, it but you sucked. do, it's it still, you still feel bad. So and you bad. did nothing wrong. Like, and... you're a monster or something. There was one time where he, um, we were, like, supposed to, like, I was, like, supposed to hang out with him and his mom, but, like, we I hung out with his parents and family, like, every weekend. So then my p- friends were like, hey, we're going to go to the park. I was a sophomore in high school. Um, I was like, I kind of like to go to the park. So I told Tyler that that's what I wanted to do, and he was like, oh, so you're not hanging out with me and my mom anymore. And I was like, I mean, we just do that a lot. Like, I think it'd be fun to do this. So he'd be like, okay. So he dropped me off at the park, and then I got out, and he was like, I'll just wait here. I was like, what do you mean you're just going to wait here? And he was like, I mean, like, I don't want to go all the way home and back, so I'll just wait. And I was like, okay, how can I possibly enjoy myself with my friends at the park knowing you're sitting here in the car waiting for me? And it just got so overwhelming. Like, I ended up like, God, I don't even remember most of the day, but I know that, like, at the end of the day, he was not with me. I was at my friend's house, and I was calling him, and I was like, 
I want you to like move out. Like I want you to move your stuff out because I was like feeling so trapped by this. Like I, it was so crazy, like making the decision to be like, oh, like I think I don't want Tyler to live with me anymore and telling him that. And what like, what an even bigger element to add to your story. Like you're not just, I can't, I wasn't just breaking up you're just, with him. You're not just breaking up with him. You're a high schooler living with him. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole, that's a whole nother yeah, element. because I could never even get away from him. Like, right. He was just always there, and he was, I was reliant on him for yeah. a lot of shit, too. Um, but so you called him. You were at your friend's house, and you called yeah, him. Yeah, and I called him, and I told him all this, and, you know, he freaked out, whatever. But then he calls me back in, like, an hour, and his, apparently, his gammy just died, and his cat just died. Oh, my goodness. Now, now the cat, I'm pretty sure, did happen. The Gammy I never met, heard a lot about. He apparently spoke fluent French with her whenever they Skyped, but I never saw this. And then when I asked him for help with my French homework, he'd be like, I just think you should learn it on your own. Which is, like, just not only, again, a a form of manipulation in itself, even if he did speak French. Right, like, why won't you fucking help me? But it kind of also goes to show that maybe he didn't know French. No, because, like, he would always say, like, one sentence to me, like, all sexy in my ear, and I'd be like, well, it means me, French. But it was always the same fucking sentence. Do you know the sentence? It was something like... (laughs) It was something like, mon petit fleur. Like, it was stupid. Do you know what that means? I think it's, like, my little flower. Like, basic rudiment, like... With something you can, well, I know it wasn't Google wasn't as but, popular, but, yeah, but still but something yeah, you something could would totally, Google yeah, and get. You could ask Cha Cha how to say something in French, and oh, she could probably tell you. Oh, fucking Cha Cha! Uh. Yeah. Um. So Gammy and Cat died. Gammy and Cat died. This was after and you it, broke up with him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right after I broke up with him. Mm-hmm. So he's literally like, "Well, my cat died and my Gammy died, and now I've lost you." <laughs> so apparently everything's my fault. Now, now it's your. Now you kill Gammy. You killed the cat. <laughs> I'm a monster. <laughs> so obviously, I'm like, okay, well, don't move out. We'll talk about it. Um, and then that—that's the night where I told him, like, I just felt snuffed out, and it was like a bad week or like couple weeks. Like he just iced me out. Like we didn't talk a lot. I'd come home and like he'd just be quiet and he'd sulk. He was just always sulking, like nearby, like no matter what was happening, even when I had eventually tried to get used to it and just push past it. Mm-hmm. There's this video, like, I took of me and my friend, and, like, we're dancing around for, like, two hours, like, to all this music and whatever, and I, like, in the corner, like, years later, I'm like, oh, my God, Tyler's there. He's in my room, and he's literally just laying on my bed, like, <laughs> like per- being mad that I'm doing stuff and not hanging out with him. Like, right. just wild. How did your friends feel about this relationship with Tyler? They didn't know I was in a relationship with Tyler. That wow. is and, the kicker that I left out. Yeah. And so that's, like, even even more isolation. Like, and I know that's yeah. something. So, yeah, ta- why, why didn't they know? Let's. Yeah, so as I said, he identified as gay when we were in school together. So all my friends knew him as gay. My parents knew him as gay. His He wasn't out to his parents. So his parents thought that he was straight and that he had just moved in with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And my parents thought that my gay best friend had just moved in with me. And at one point, they were both right because... Mm-hmm. That, you know, after, after you know, we started, I guess, messing around, whatever. I don't know how long it took, but, like, I think finally, maybe by my sophomore year, like, February, we, like, finally made it official. Because it was, like, sitting with me for so long. I was like, I'm in love with him, but, like, I don't know what to do. Because, like, I'm, you know, obviously I think he's gay, but, like, we've still been doing all this stuff, but I don't know how he feels. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. So 
I invested so much into this not even knowing if he reciprocated. So we had a lot of power in that way. And I just didn't even know what to fucking do with myself because I was just like a puppy in love because I thought that this was it. Yeah. So So nobody knew because obviously if I'm like, oh, hey, parents, like I'm actually fucking this guy like we're gonna have to cut it off and he'd have to move out and we wouldn't want to change our situation even though we should have and I remember having a conversation with him once like I really just wish sometimes we were like a normal couple like like, pick me up for a date kind of thing like this just always always together (laughs) right and that's like oh my goodness that's just like a whole and I'm just imagining at that age too like that's the one for me the one thing I was thankful for was the fact that I was under my parents yeah supervision so what I could do with um with my guy was very limited yeah I mean I still snuck out and did things I shouldn't do yeah but yeah and having that I I could imagine like if I was living with him like what kind of hell (laughs) yeah but yeah at the time I thought it was yeah I mean when you because when you're in it you don't and yeah and I just the emotional and mental strain yeah. that would have put on you. That's just... Yeah, <sighs> I mean, like, you know, going to school was an escape and fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I love oh, seeing yeah. my friends at school and doing all that. And I feel like I, when I think back on high school and everything, or, like, those years, I kind of don't even almost remember, like, my hours at night with Tyler. Like, I only remember, like, hanging out with my friends because that's what I was, like, cherishing because yeah. I can only do it so much. Fucking, like... New Year's Eve, I think, 2011, my friends all had a party at a friend's house that he didn't like, and everyone was invited, but I was like, I can't go to this party without Tyler, so we'll stay home together, and it was, like, the saddest fucking New Year's ever. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Um, And did your friends ever find out? So my senior year, it finally got out, and then I had a whole falling out with all of my friends, too, because, like, a couple people knew and I honestly think people just figured it out you know or rumors started flying and it just started being like seems like that's what the fuck is going on I was getting questions in like my form spring like are you guys dating no we're just friends it's like a truth box it's like a curious cat it's just your anonymous gotcha asking questions exactly and like I'd get questions about that and I'd be like no haha just best friends for life yeah but not really so it got out um my senior year and all my friends were so mad at me for like effectively lying to them for all of high school and which just like adds again more to the isolation yeah like you're going through this your friends find out like your only other support system and they're mad at you too yeah so like yeah and like my biggest fear was my parents finding out yeah and my, and also, like, his family finding out, like, how it began, and that would end up outing him retrospectively, you know what I mean? Right, Just, like, right. nobody could know. So, yeah, I fought, I fought with one of my friends, um, and she said, like, well, I just can't believe that, like, I can't believe you had sex already, and, like, I can't believe this happened, and, like, now I just can't look at you and Tyler without picturing you on top of each other. And then my, um, another friend wrote this long Tumblr post about how, like, he's really gay and like he's never gonna truly love me and I'm gonna end up alone and I'm just first of all I'm like why is everyone so fucking concerned I'm the one going through this shit right all of you are making it about you and I'm the one that's freaking out right now and that's just adds again so much more to like having your friends say this stuff about you yeah and especially in high school, when everything's the end of the world in high school. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And having, yeah, having a, a, like, you're you're in this relationship where you, 
you're already being emotionally abused and you don't understand that you're being emotionally abused and then your friends find out about it and then they're just like mad at you and like bullying and I mean it's it's high school so I can't you know doing dealing with it in the way that they think is best to deal with right and like I've done my fair share of like not going through things the correct way yeah emotional and acting first not that it's an excuse but like (laughs) yeah no it just it happens like it's what high schoolers do yeah yeah that's that's fucking high school um so when did you start to realize that it that the relationship with him was emotionally abusive it's a great question because I thought I realized it that time my sophomore year when I tried to ask him to move out and that was the only time I ever tried to break up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sometimes I would have thoughts like, <laughs> sometimes I would have thoughts like, <laughs> like I wonder like what if he got like sick and died? I'd be able to do something else, I guess. <laughs> like, oh my I would. I was yeah. terrified of the thought. It would make me cry, but I was also like the back of my head, I'd be like, but I'd be free. <laughs> I had I had that I had that thought about I mean not a I've an an ex boyfriend <laughs> not about my emotionally abusive one but I've had that thought about right. an ex boyfriend where I'm like so I right. but yeah I've just had that, that thought, thought I've like, had it too because I've I was had like, it if not like I guess I'm just doing this forever mm-hmm. um, yeah oh I mean, my was, goodness yeah, terrible oh oh and we were also um, yeah not sexually compatible at all just to just to touch on that because it's a lot but. He was so, like, he always just wanted it, like, all the time. And I'm like, okay, like, oh, I'll make it happen. And, like, he, you know, asked me to do things that I wasn't super comfortable with and, like, sort of, like, didn't like it, wasn't super into it. But I, like, did it because I wanted to. So, like, it was consensual. I was, like, saying yes. He would ask. I would say yes. But it was also, like, I don't know. Like, read the room. Like, do I really seem like I'm super into this? Like, I don't know. And I think that's another form, again, like, with emotional abuse is kind of having that, having, like, a sexual experience and having them kind of, yeah, not not listening to you or not making it comfortable for you to be like, okay, I really, like, okay. And especially since he was a person that was so emotionally needy. Yeah. Um you feeling like you you wanted to give that to him because he, he needed the emotional support and right. emotions and sexual stuff pretty much go hand in hand when so you're, I, especially yeah, when I you're in a I was relationship. doing the right thing and I thought yeah. I was doing what I was supposed to be doing just like fulfilling this need when really it was like so fucking exhausting like <laughs> I actually like it's kind of TMI, but, like, he, like, sometimes he was in, like, fighting and stuff, and, like, he would, he would just also take forever, I'm gonna say that real quick, like, so many hours, just, god damn it, but, like, sometimes I would, sometimes I would just, like, bite him really fucking hard, like, out of anger and frustration, like, can we get on with this? I love that little relief in there, like, fuck you, dude, if we're in a biting, I'm gonna bite you hard, because I'm angry, and I don't know how else to release this Yeah, literally, I, I vividly remember doing that. <laughs> I, I love it. A bitch probably just like, to be bitten. <laughs> so we bit his ass. Uh, we bit his ass. <laughs> um, so he would always want to call, call me by my full name, Andrea, even though I've gone by Andy all my life. All my friends call me Andy. It's who I am. I'm not Andrea. Andrea is like some older woman. Like, I'm not that yet. Yeah. Especially not when I was like 15, 16. Yeah. But he would always be like, Andrea, like, that's so beautiful. Like, I just want to call you Andrea. And like, he would just say it and like put it in like all of his cards to me and just like really try to like drive it home that like he was the only person that called me this. And I was kind of like, okay, I'm not feeling it. And like, 
you know this, but all right. Um, and he would just give me, like, really crazy gifts. Like, this one time he, like, got me this, like, lingerie from, like, Victoria's Secret. And it was, like, a it was like a dress-type deal. Like, nothing I would ever want to sleep in, ever. Mm-hmm. And it felt, like, kind of, like, skanky. But I was, like, okay. So then, like, you know, I would, like, put it on later. Like, oh, this is what we want, right? But it also just felt weird. Like, I remember feeling very distinctly weird when I got that gift. Yeah. Um, and then the weirdest oh, gift yeah. was um, the engagement ring when I was 16. Um, and so he would have been 19. Yes, I think it, so. Around yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, he, we, like, you know, went to went to the lights at the zoo, and, like, we were by the big tree, and he was like, okay, like, I'm gonna, I want to do something, like, do you want me to make it a big deal or, like, a little deal? And I was like, a little deal. And then he, like, pulls off his ring, and he's like, will you marry me? And I was like, oh, my God, uh, yeah. But, like, Literally, like, the next day, I had to be like, wait, that was a promise ring, right? Like, I'm promising to marry you someday since I'm 16, right? right? And he was like, well, I thought it was an engagement ring. And I was like, I can't be engaged right now. Like, that's, <laughs> what? Right. <laughs> I'm not an adult. That's not in my stars yet. Right. Yeah. So. So that was a difficult and painful conversation, and it shouldn't have been. Right. Well, and that was kind of the thing that. We were talking about where he didn't put you down that much, but he, in his eyes, were, like, even with this stuff, he's like, oh, Andrea, and oh, you have to have this lingerie. Like, yeah. he didn't really take in and understand who you were as a person, and he had this, like, pedestal idea of who yeah, you were. Yeah, totally. Which doesn't help anyone in any relationship, but especially emotionally abusive yeah, relationships. And I had him on one too. So yeah. that's also why I didn't know he was abusing me because I was like, he's Tyler. He loves me more than anyone else in the world. He would never do anything to hurt me and he only wants what's best. Yeah. And especially since he wasn't throwing things, yeah. he wasn't I just thought he was going through shit and needed yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to kind of, I, we touch on a little bit when I want to get back to it. When you really fully understanding and accepting the fact that this was an emotionally abusive relationship. Yeah, and that wasn't until right after, like, right before we broke up, pretty much. I really didn't realize it until, well, my freshman year of college, I realized I didn't want to call him. I didn't really want to, like, do stuff. Like, I was missing stuff to go home, and I was kind of like, oh, like, I kind of wish I was at school, sort of. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, and then I remember he was, like, you know, hated the long distance, obviously, and would always tell me how much he missed me. And our conversations were just literally that, like, I miss you, I miss you too. And it was very, like, unsustainable. And, like, it just didn't, it didn't feel like it was feeding me or helping me. I feel like it was just dragging me down and making me sad that I was not at home and I wasn't enjoying being at school. Yeah. Um, And then when he said, you know, I want to, I want to come live where you go to school next year. Like, I want to get a house down there because I just can't be away from you. And I remember distinctly being like, no, because I'm never going to get to see my college friends again. Yeah. And, like, that was, like, my worst nightmare, I realized. Like, I realized how much I didn't want him to move down, and I was like, that's that's a big flag. Yeah, yeah, especially the fear of, like, have not being able to see your friends. I had so much freedom. Like, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was, like, I was so overstimulated. Yeah. Um. Well, let's – so you guys broke up, and – yeah, and I met someone else, and it was so nice to be in a normal relationship, and that was mainly what attracted me to him. I was just like, somebody, like, just a dumb kid my age, oh, like, great. Not emotionally abusing me. What a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you guys broke up, and now I want to kind of talk about 
how that uh, how that affected you afterwards and like your feelings and like what your yeah, was a mess yeah and um did that bleed over into your romantic relationships oh yes definitely my poor poor next boyfriend who I was his first girlfriend so he was like okay like what I do as a boyfriend is I am here for girlfriends and mm-hmm. I you know I take care of her and girlfriend is crying about another boy and he just has to take that as normal like he you know he was great and doing everything that he could and knew how to do and also like if you especially if you didn't understand that it was emotional abuse and you're just it's it it fucks you up so much mentally and then not being able to process it and just knowing that you feel like a piece of shit. Yeah, and that was like, I was trying so many ways to process it. I started a secret Tumblr and I just started writing out all of my feelings and like how much I was trying to untangle my heart from his and how much I could still feel his pain from far away. And he also started a Tumblr that was not private and very clearly there for me to see. And of course I went and read it every day and it was all about his emotions and woes and him drinking away his sorrows. And then the poems got really weird and like, I'm going to just be destructive and like do this and that, like just clearly trying to get at me. Yeah. Um, so the whole rest of my freshman year is like that, but I, we don't speak. Um, And then I find out that he's, oh, so I had moved in with him right before I went to college because my family moved away, my mom and stepdad, bye-bye. But then that left me without a place to really live, so I went and moved into an apartment with him since we'd already been living together anyway. Right. So that also got very complicated when I had to break up with him, and I was living at school, but I was like, I'm not going to live here anymore. I'm going to grab a suitcase and take it to my dad's, and my dad doesn't know why I all of a sudden don't live with you anymore. I just told him me and my best friend had a huge fight, and we just can't live together anymore. Um, because he's clingy. I think that's what I told my dad. I don't know how, what he thinks happened. I'm sure he's not dumb. But, yeah, so I, I, like, still had stuff there, and, like, he had my bed. Like, there was just all this shit. So then I see, like, through something else on somebody else's social media that he's moving, and I text him for the first time, and I'm like, hey, like, so sorry to bug, not trying to come up in your life, but, like, I heard you're moving, can I come grab my stuff, you know? Yeah. He had a whole fight with my parents when, like, he took the bed because they were like, well, what if he takes it? And he was like, that's such an insult, blah, blah, blah. Treat me like a criminal, blah, blah, blah. And then he ended up almost taking the bed. Right. So, very quickly, I go to the apartment, and it's trashed, and he's gone, and he has, like, broken gifts that I've given him and left a hammer on the top of the box where he broke it. And, like, the stuffed animal we made together, he made sure it was, like, facing the door right when I walked in. Oh, and the God. floor was sticky and everything was, like, I don't know what message he was trying to send. Mm-hmm. I even wanted to let him keep my Xbox and I told a mutual friend to keep it. And he was, like, no. So then he kept, he left the Xbox but he took all my, ba- all my fucking games. He took all my games as, like, Connect Adventures. <laughs> Just, to, just so, so, like, even manipulative just, on the out, you know what I mean? Just even just to, like, yeah, be like, I'm the one here, like, that's in control, and just that's, trying to... that's when I started realizing, like, you know, about six months after the relationship, that way he was behaving online, the way he left the apartment, I was just like, maybe you're not who I thought you were, like, because yeah. I, this whole time, have been so sorry for everything I've yeah. done to you, and sending you good energy, and, like, wanting you to feel loved still, and not alone, because I do still love you in this way. And this whole time, you're, like, just trying to fuck with me. So that was a big thing, too, to realize. And yeah. it was painful to realize. That That's something, yeah, I want to touch on is, like, blaming people being in an emotionally abusive relationship romantically or, like, with friends or work or family, whatever, and blaming themselves for everything. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest part is because you're in this and you're being 
emotionally drained and then you're also blaming yourself on top of it I beat myself up constantly for six months like all I did was break up with him like I didn't even cheat on him like I was literally like I kind of met someone at school like I have feelings for him I kind of just have I will always wonder if I don't try and thank god I did yeah even though it didn't end up working out in the long run we both learned a lot right and I learned how to be in a normal ass relationship yeah um and my question for you now is I guess a couple with like do you blame yourself anymore no no, I don't blame myself anymore I used to blame myself for breaking the supposed promise that I made when I was 15 that is so sacred and how dare I do it and then also off of that do you do you blame yourself for allowing yourself to be in this emotionally abusive relationship Ooh, that's a good question I've I beat myself up so much I can't even because I don't even think I've no I don't think I blame myself at all oh yeah now like now not yeah it wouldn't happen I'm I'm yeah right now I literally it snaked itself around me so slowly how do you even know that's that's awesome I mean that's I think a huge a huge step is like not only not blaming yourself for for what happened in the relationship, but allowing yourself, like, forgiving yourself for putting yourself through that. Yeah. Because it's, it's a lot, and it's it's very, very intense, and I'm happy you don't blame yourself for <laughs> that. fucking too. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, you're in a happy, healthy relationship now? Yes. Yeah. No emotional abuse? No emotional abuse. <laughs> a lot of communication, some therapy, like, just working through shit, and... Um, taking care of each other. Yeah, imagine. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so awesome. I'm so happy that not you were able to go through this awful experience, like finally identify what it was, not blame yourself, and then be in a healthy, happy relationship today. Yeah, well, and I want to thank you too because I really never thought of it this way before I knew it was fucked up I knew it was crazy I would you know tell people at school and after about this whole thing and they'd be like your life is insane like what do you mean and yeah I just like it is kind of helpful to like process it especially with someone who's been through something similar yeah so you know seeing the similarities and kind of be like okay yeah this was abusive and I can admit that yeah it's hard to because abuse is such a strong word yeah it's hard to be like, wow, I was abused. Yeah, but I, yeah, I was totally, like, isolated and, like, didn't know what to do and yeah. was so young. Yeah. But, yeah, um, um, so, yeah, thank you for, like, allowing me to talk about this and process it and help other people see that, you know, you don't have to be, like, someone's nucleus. You don't have to be their hero and everything to them. You don't have to provide all of their emotional and sexual and, you know, intellectual support. Like, it does not have to be on you. Like, People, you can get a therapist on an app, so I really don't want to hear it anymore. Like, people need to start not treating their significant others as their therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Andy, for sharing your story. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on Kissed with Abuse. Woohoo. <laughs> thank you for listening to Kiss with Abuse. If you would like to share your experience with emotional abuse, or if any of these stories have helped you in any way and you would like to share your story, please send me an email at kissedwithabuse at gmail.com. Thank you so much. If you or someone you know is experiencing emotional abuse and you want someone to talk to, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. 
I know it's called domestic violence, but they do help people experiencing all types of abuse. So if you need someone to talk to, please give them a call.